You're listening to the OKS Fisher Podcast, part of the OKS Podcast Network, featuring your hosts, Matt Strine and Greg Tubbs. Am I spinning it too hard? Uh, See, that was good. That's just that low moan now. Dang it, now I can't get it. Go harder. There it is. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back to the OK's Fisher podcast. We are, well, it's live for us, but... We're, uh, we're coming at you from the north woods of Wisconsin with some mobile podcasting equipment that I'm not 100% sure how it's going to sound. So bear with us. If it sounds bad, I apologize because I'm not very tech savvy. But we are up here, Phillips, Wisconsin, fishing some north woods for uh, muskie. So our, it's our 2023 fall muskie camp. Um, we have just concluded our last day. And I got, um, oh yeah, I forgot to say, Greg's not here today. He uh, couldn't make it, so we are up north fishing with a good buddy, Kyle Pinzer. Kyle, how's it going today? Pretty good. How you doing? Tired, sore, want to take a nap. Yeah, you and me both. Lower back is hurting. Yep. Beer and some ibuprofen are probably going to be happening here. (laughs) Um, But yeah, we're up here. We came up, we come up every fall. We try to plan it with, you know, colder water temperatures and, you know, fall sucker bite. You know, the muskies are putting their feed bags on. We came up here and we were a little shocked to see the water temps were still pretty warm. Yeah, low 60s for a lot of it. Yeah, uh, I think last time or last year we were up this time, we were in the low 50s and I think we might have tickled some upper 40s too. Yeah, it was somewhere around there. It was definitely colder than this weekend. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think what didn't help was 85 degrees last weekend and a relatively warm fall. Yeah, it's been warm all around fall. Yep. That's not helping anything. Nope. So we came up here. We, you know, we were going to do some casting, drag some suckers, and we're hoping for, you know, several fish weekend. We did get several fish, just the wrong subspecies. We got five or six pike, and we ended up landing one muskie. Yeah, it was tough. Yeah. Friday's weather did not help at all. Yeah, we had um, gale force, hurricane winds, and rain, (laughs) and no boat control or anything whatsoever. Yeah, just gusting back and forth, and then sun come out, be calm for 20 minutes, and back to pouring rain and 40 miles an hour. Yeah, it was was literally a rinse and repeat all day. We we grinded it out all day, uh, landed two pike the first day. Something like that, two or three, I don't remember exactly. Which, let's be honest... We were just happy we got something in the boat. <laughs> yeah, at that point, just felt good to get the net wet. <laughs> Besides the rain. Yeah, correct. Um, so what we usually do this time of year, um, they're kind of out of their late summer, early fall. We, we They're trying to tending to trend more fall, usually. Um, so we started off fishing real shallow. Um, I'm talking sub five foot inside weed edges because they usually go in shallow when it gets cold before turnover. So they're going in to feed up on bait fish, try to push them into the walls, stuff like that. And we, I I don't, what do you think happened? I mean. I don't know what was going on. It was, it was difficult to find the weeds. That's for sure. But when we did find them, there were, I mean, there were definitely pike in there and the muskie that we got too, that came out of the weeds. So 
I think a lot of them were relating to structure, such as weeds, but it was few and far between for us on these shorelines to find green weeds. And put a pattern together, for that matter. Yeah, that also. Um, We did notice, though, the fish we caught were very tight to shore and very tight to structure. Mm -hmm. So if we had segregated lily pad patch, uh, a downfall in the water, they were directly, I mean, I'd say a six-foot bubble around there. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you were outside that bubble, they didn't move. Yep. Um, so we were, we were fishing a lot, tight to cover. We we got snagged a lot, um, hooked a lot of trees. Yeah. Caught a couple some, stumps came up. Yep. Yeah, caught some cool stumps. The perks of running 100-pound braid is you can pull the stumps to you. <laughs> you got a pretty nice hat, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, one of the last casts of the day, I hooked a hat in the middle of a river channel. Um, not quite sure what it said, but it had been there at least 25 years. Um yeah, so that was kind of interesting. But we'll, let, let's kind of break down, what were you throwing? We were up here fishing two full days. Um, first day, obviously, we said the weather was crappy, uh, blowing hard. You know, we didn't have a lot of boat control. Fish were kind of not where we were getting blown to, obviously. But what were you throwing? I uh, started out throwing a lot of bucktails. Didn't really move anything on bucktails and then went to uh, big rubber and moved a few fish on rubber. Got hit once or twice, got some new teeth marks and a couple of rubber baits, but <laughs> never buried any hooks. Yeah, that was, it was strange. They were hitting them in a spot where they should have gotten hooked. So mm-hmm. I don't know if they were nipping them in passing or side swiping them with their, you know, cheek flipped out at us trying to. Yeah, unless it was something. small pike, but I, I haven't ever caught a small pike on a bait that big. So, <laughs> was, but not to say it can't happen. No, no, that's right, because we caught some small pike on big bait this weekend. Yes, we did. Um, I think the smallest was 20, 22 inch, and it hit Somewhere a, around there. Yeah, hit a 10-inch suic. Yeah. Just half its body size. His mouth only really fit her on one treble, so. <laughs> and they're trying to bulk up for winter just like everything else out there. Yeah, just we struggled to find the, the grandpa fish. Um, yeah, so we, we even went out deeper, too. We weren't marking anything on side scan, uh, side imaging in the channels um we couldn't i don't think we marked a muskie all weekend no i never saw one on side scan we got a couple bait piles that we tried fishing around a little bit and never marked or moved anything off of the bait piles at least that we could see either on the graph or with our eyes yeah and it was funny the fish that we did catch were caught like off hours like it it wasn't in a moon phase it wasn't in a, a good fishing window they were like midday fish yeah nothing early morning nothing in the afternoon so i don't know if this weather screwed them up too i I mean i don't know usually a fall cold front really gets them going and that's what we thought we were gonna have a great weekend looking at the weather coming up but didn't quite play out the way we thought it would no not not at all not for lack of trying no that's for sure um so basically the whole weekend kyle was switching baits quite a bit Yep. I think we, we probably I threw half my tackle box in that lake. <laughs> At least once, yes. Um, I stuck to kind of my, my confidence baits. Um, I threw a Red October 10-inch tube for a bit. Um, threw some bucktails a little bit here and there, but my, my go-to is a suic. I ran a suic. I caught my, what, four fish on yep. my suic. Everything was on the suic. Um, so, I mean, there's something to that. We had a little pattern figured out of, pull pause stuff near the end yep you know slow moving it nothing crazy um although we didn't really catch much to prove that pattern <laughs> on i guess the pike loved it yeah um 
I mean, the couple follows we had in the muskie that we got too, that was, it was all pull paws. Nothing was on a bucktail or swimming dog or any sort of straight retrieve. Yep. I mean, th- that being said, going forward, I think the conditions are only going to get better. It oh, yeah. As that water's dropping, it's definitely going to continue to get better. Yep. I mean, we had what? We woke up this morning to 33 degrees. Yeah. It was um, definitely cool out. Lake was mid. 50s i think 55 56 when we first started or yep. 56 and 7 something like that yeah it never went above 60 today so i mean that's no. a one day drop of several degrees i mean if we would have came up today and fish maybe the next three days it, it's gonna get better that's yeah not trying so to too. not trying to dishearten anybody um or we were just in the wrong spot and it's great right now yeah <laughs> that could be it too <laughs> um but yeah usually this time of year they're in shallow um not quite sure what we were doing wrong what we if we were doing anything wrong it could have just been the fish in our this body of water we were fishing um it's not it's it's a lake but it's it's a flowage basically mm-hmm. um dammed up river we tried i mean the first day we couldn't do much where we really wanted to because of the wind um there's a big mid lake structure point you know rocks that come up to a foot below the surface and that's where you had most of your follows yep or hits i should say yeah i got hit out there i think more than once yeah got some new teeth marks in the bait but yeah never never saw it and never got hooks in it yeah so i think i think still that was a weed patch on the rocks also yes that was that's where it was yep uh do you remember those were in the weeds yes they they were were. in the weeds so nothing out on the rocks no well it was on that rock structure on that hump but it was in the shallow weeds on that kind of a spot on a spot type thing Yeah, we had um, that that spot was special. That was the same spot we almost took our motor out on in the summer because we didn't realize it was there, and that's where we stopped. We caught a whole bunch of walleye and smallmouth, and we told ourselves we're coming back here for muskie. Granted, we didn't catch any muskie this time, but it was a, it's a pretty unique spot because in the middle of a, a featureless center of the lake, mm-hmm. you it's have a big mud flat, mm-hmm, mud flat, maybe a little sand here and there, pretty constant depth this big mountain comes up and this time of year you know whether it be cold in the night you think that rock and the weeds would hold some heat in the middle of the lake and that's kind of why we decided to go fish there yep Uh, to no avail um but it's it's still a good spot it was it was tough to tough to fish the first day with the wind i don't know why we even tried (laughs) better than sitting inside all day true Although hindsight, we would have got the same amount of fish, so maybe we should have. <laughs> ah, what's fall musky camp without torturing <laughs> ourselves? Um, yeah. So, so coming back to today, we had a very specific plan of attack, mm-hmm. and we did notice there's no fish. We didn't move, see both days, nothing in the morning, nothing till post nine o'clock. Yep. Didn't matter if we had a window or not. It, it wasn't. It wasn't happening, um, which we would have known that. We could have slept in a little bit, but <laughs> like you said, can't catch fish from the couch. So we were working all of today. We worked inside weed edges and tried to find windblown points and windblown sides because that wind was gusting real hard. We thought maybe they'd push some of those bait fish in, um, but did we, we didn't catch any fish on those points, did we? No. I think it was couple on that back side of that if you want to call it an island 
Yeah, and we could call it over there. That was our best action for today, and that was slack water all weekend. Yeah, yeah, because the wind's been like a west northwest for the last at least two or three days out here. Yep, and that we so, were we were throwing north to that shoreline. Yep. We got some action in that bay. That was a little more wind. Yeah, that decent. was the wind was blowing into that. So, yeah, there was. I guess we did get a fish out of the wind blowing shore there. <laughs> um, but the big thing about it was you we had you had to stick to structure. You had to find weeds. You had to find a down tree, something they could hang by. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't notice anything out in the deeper areas. Not, not even deep in the farther away from shore areas that had stumps and you know some wood features on the bottom. Nothing was relating deep. No. Which I think is different from other years. Um, cause yeah, usually we do a little better deeper out, but the water's usually cooler too, so that could have something to do with it. Yeah. But there were a lot of times we were fishing, my boat was at four feet of water, and we were casting right up the shore as opposed to being a cast length or two off of shore. Yeah, at some points, some points today it felt like we were bass fishermen flipping banks because we were we were casting 15 feet yep if that sometimes yeah we were close on some of that i think moral of the story is try to get out and figure the lake out and even if the weather conditions are not the best or not in your favor we had no idea what water temp was coming up here you still got to get out and try to figure it out yep there's always fish to get caught be caught but we just we struggled a little bit. Yeah, that's how musky fishing goes sometimes. But hey, what you, are you gonna do? You get headaches and backaches. Yep. Um. Yeah, it was a good trip overall, though. Yeah, still had a lot of fun. Yeah, still. Um. Every year, learned we- a lot about the lake. Found some new, new weed lines, and we found that rock hump we didn't know existed. So. Yeah. No, that's good too. Um, got that mapped out now. Yeah, so we, we know got- what it actually looks like instead of just guessing. Yeah. Well, explain to them what we what we did or what you did when we found that. So we drove around on this uh, with side imaging going until we found where this actual rock hump was, and then from there, we tried to drive around the outside. And I dropped I don't know six or eight waypoints on the side scan right at the edge of where the rocks start. So I kind of had it mapped out on the um, on your GPS, and then from there kind of do some 360s around it, staying like a cast length away and then work in and then kind of go not over it, over the middle of it, but kind of work your way in. And then we ended up finding those weeds also. So we kind of worked around that weed line and cast it at that a little bit and just slowly picked it apart. But yeah, it helps if you drop some points on there so you can see it on your actual map where it exactly is. So you know where your boat is in comparison to that structure. It is actually something I learned this weekend was how you did it is you literally drew a box around it. Yep. Usually usually somebody finds a point on a map, oh, mark that location. You hit mark, then that mark, you know, you forget what it was and drive past <laughs> it or whatever. When you do, the, you do that box around it, you know where that structure is, so you're not floating through the middle of it, potentially spooking fish. Yep. Um, you're not too far away from it where you think you're casting to it. You can reference it right away on the GPS and be like, oh, we're 20 feet outside of that box on the north side. Mm-hmm. So we know where we had to cast. We knew that we hit this point, even though you couldn't see most of the structure there, you knew you hit this point and you were too far past it. Yep. So, I mean, that was 
that's something I didn't realize. I was a uh, oh, this is a waypoint market, <laughs> and then two years down the road, you're like, what did we mark this one for? So, yeah, it helps. And now it's always on there. Yep. And it works out really well too, because otherwise, if you just start driving until it shows up on side scan, that's shooting off the back of the boat. So at that point, you're already sitting on top of the structure you want to be casting in, as opposed to driving right through the middle of it. Yep. Um, let, just tell the people who are listening what what you have for GPS fish finder, so they can. Uh, I just have a Helix Seven on my boat with uh, mega side imaging and down imaging. So I just run the side image off both sides of the boat. I only shoot about 60 feet off each side. Just being on a Helix 7, once you start shooting further than that, it gets so small on the screen that it's hard to make out what you're actually seeing on there. I mean, it'll work for if you're marking a weed line or something like that where it's more structure. But if you're actually trying to find fish on it and you're shooting 250 feet on a Helix 7, you're never going to see it. It's going to be too small on that screen. Sure, and sometimes that information out past there is irrelevant. Yeah. You can't cast that far. Yeah, there's nothing else. You don't need to be shooting 200 feet because you ain't casting that far anyways. Would you go up to 200 when you are just, like, scouting? If I'm just driving, like, looking for something out there, you know, if you're just out in the abyss trying to find some sort of structure to see if it's something you want to fish, then I'll shoot it wider because, you know, something like a rock hump or a weed line, you'll be able to pick that out, and then you can get a little closer, zoom in on it. And figure out what exactly it is and if you want to target it or not. But, yeah, if you're looking for, like, bait fish or specific muskies out in the open water, it's going to be pretty hard to do on a screen that small if you're shooting that wide. Sure. And that's that's another thing we bring up, too. When we say we're looking for muskie on side imaging, that's to either fish them right away or come back on later. Yep. So it's you can literally mark where that fish is by toggling on the side imaging screen. And you can place the mark right where you see the fish on side imaging. Or even if you find one, just figure out what it's relating to. If mm-hmm. there's a little rock hump or any sort of structure, fallen log or something, and there's a fish sitting there, okay, well, they're on lumber or they're on rocks. Let's find more of that structure and keep targeting that if we can't get that one to bite. Yep, and that actually brings, us, brings me to another point is we didn't find any fish, period, on side scanning. Yeah, not one. So technology doesn't always mean you're going to catch fish. <laughs> no, it we, does not. We did it the old-fashioned way. We grounded the, you know, grinded the edges. We fished the weed lines where fish typically should be. Yeah. So there's, there's a lot of ways to skin a cat without having millions of dollars in electronics. Oh, yeah, for sure. You, you can just start fishing one type of structure, too. If you know there's a weed line, you know, fish it down if it takes you an hour or two if you don't move anything either jump to another weed line and you go two or three weed lines, you don't find a fish, well, now start looking for wood or rock. Or sand. Or I mean, sand, yeah, like, that too. You got to remember transition line. Or if you're going to go deeper, if it's like mid-summer where they're out deeper, look for bait and see if they're relating to bait balls. Yeah. If you got, you know, ciscos or whatever is your forage in your in your lake, crappies, perch, whatever, if you can find them, they'll be relating to that depending on the time of year. Yep. And who knows, we could have went over some deep, deep structure, which I don't think we ever went over deep, deep, like... Nothing too deep. We checked out the river channel a bit, and that's where we found a couple bait balls, but nothing was never wrong. any muskies that we saw with it. Yeah. The only other thing is, like, if we have a, if you have a muskie tight on the bottom, will that actually pick it up? It will pick it up. 
it can be harder to make it out if it's like a log or an actual fish but usually you can tell if you get a good image of it if it's parallel with your boat a lot of times you can actually tell like the head and the tail of it which way it's facing and all that but you're going off of seeing a white of like a fish silhouette i guess you could say and then there's going to be a shadow and the further the shadow is away from the actual fish on the graph that tells you how high or low the fish is in the water column so if you see what you think is a muskie and touching it is a black shadow that fish is right on the bottom whereas if there's a distance he's higher up okay so so if he's mid column that shadow is going to be farther away from yes. said said fish yep yeah, it'll just tell you it's higher in the water column, which is usually a better sign because that's a more active fish. If they're usually if they're hanging out towards the bottom, it's not going to be an active fish. Yeah. Not to say you can't catch them, but your chances are probably worse. They're not actively pursuing bait at the time. Yeah. Yep. Or or they already ate and they're going to digest. <laughs> yes, that that's the thing too. Which they also like being, if they're in weed lines or stuff like that, they like to be somewhere close to deep water. Because they go out to deep water to hunt bait fish, come in shallow to digest. So that's another another thing we kind of did was found shallow weeds adjacent to deeper water. And we're fishing the shallow edges. And that's actually primarily where we caught our fish too. Yeah. In relation to everything. Yep. We were fishing in two foot of water, but behind us a cast length away was eight to ten foot of water. Yep. And that transition point, they may not be on that transition, but that's also a good thing to look for too. Oh, yeah. And 8 to 10 feet is deep for the body water we're on, too. It's all relative to whatever lake you're on. Yeah. And like I said, this isn't a primarily deep lake where we're fishing. No. There's some deeper holes, but it's it's a river. So it fishes like a river, but it also fishes kind of like a lake. So could have been another problem we were having is trying to combine <laughs> the two together. Yeah. Um, the only other thing we could have done was try a different body water, but... We we were catching fish yesterday, and we caught some today, and I think it worked yeah. out good. Well, we were getting hit and stuff, so we thought, you know, maybe the second day after that rain passed, pressures might be a little bit lower, and who knows? We thought maybe it would happen second day of that cold front, and we did get one, so it did get a little <laughs> better, <laughs> or one muskie, I should say. Yep. That's and that's another huge thing with musky fishing that we've we've talked about before is you you got to stay positive. That's not a fish you're gonna boat twenty of them like bass or panfish or walleye. Oh yeah, one fish is a good day. Seeing a fish sometimes is a good day. Yeah, that too. You can go hours without seeing anything. So count your blessings and take your lickings, I guess, because <laughs> we did both this weekend. Um, yeah. The fish we did ca catch was not big. It was maybe a little under 30, right around in that one. Yeah, somewhere around that 30 mark, give or take. But it was it was a muskie. It was nice. Yep. It was a nice sight to see after all the pike. Yeah. Um, we actually had a bigger pike. We had a 34-inch pike. We did. <laughs> Although the muskie fought better. <laughs> yeah. I'd, I'd take a 30-inch muskie over a 34-inch pike, but. This is true. This is true. Um, what else is on the docket for you? doing any more fishing uh yeah and the next week i'm heading up to uh hayward for five days so doing a little more musky fishing so hopefully i can find them better <laughs> out there but that's up on the chip with flowage and that's not a small body of water either you could be out there a month and never fish half of it so yeah it's crazy uh, anything you're gonna be doing special out there to find them um 
probably look for weeds and start there and kind of go through that same game plan. You know, fish a couple weed lines, don't move anything. It's a flowage, so there's wood everywhere. So you could look for fallen timber or try some rocks or steeper steeper drop-offs too. Later in the fall, they'll relate a lot to like steeper drop-offs is that off after, of like points and stuff like that. Is that after turnover? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, usually that's more once it turn once lakes turn over, but Hayward's also a flowage, so it doesn't really develop a super thermocline, so it doesn't really turn over like a lot of regular inland lakes would. Sure. That's actually something to keep in mind. Maybe I mean we have we have a thermocline in this lake. Yeah. Um pretty sure we do. <laughs> sounds, I've never really fished it midsummer, so I couldn't tell you. Sounds sounds good on paper. Um but yeah, that's another thing to keep out for too. Uh keep an eye out for too is is stuff like that, you know. Sometimes when there's no visible structure, they could be relating to that temperature change. Yep. But like pre turnover. We're we're pre turnover right now. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, do you run suckers out there too? Yeah, I'll probably drag a sucker too and see what happens. Um, where do you put your suckers or how do you rig them up or? I'll probably throw one off of the side of the boat for, uh, kind of by a figure eight, just in case you get a fish that comes in on an eight and doesn't want a lure. Then you got a chunk of meat hanging there and might swing off of the figure eight and hit that. And then I'll put one a little bit behind the boat on a bobber. So are you talking like right straight down off the side of the boat yeah i'd probably put it down only i don't know three ish feet so on that first turn on that figure eight like i said if it sees meat and decides to go for that as opposed to not wanting your bait then it's right there in its face when you bring it in by the boat and hopefully it just gets smoked right there do you run a bobber on that one that one no that's just straight lined with probably about an ounce ounce and a half of weight on it just to keep it down otherwise them suckers are always trying to come up to the surface and got a mind of their own, so that kind of helps keep them where you want them to be. Oh, we found that out <laughs> yesterday, too. Fighting, yeah. fighting one of the pike, um, that sucker decided to swing high, and <laughs> that sucker got a free ride to uh, get out of jail free card. Yeah. Um, yeah, I ended up hooking into the sucker rig, popping the sucker off. We watched the sucker swim away and come to find out it was just a small pike. So that was a expensive mistake yeah he got his freedom <laughs> he did he did um how do you set up the ones you're floating behind the boat that one i'll just put a big slip bobber on the back of it or on it and then uh probably about another ounce and a half of weight and then that one i'll try and put like mid water column depending on you know if i'm fishing 20 feet of water put it 10 feet and you know the shallower you go have it up more because muskies are always looking up if you're too low they'll never see it or go for it if you're you know, you're in 20 feet of water and you got an 18 and there's a muskie up at 10, he's not going down for it. But if he's at fit, at 18 and you got that sucker at 10, there's a chance he'll come up and get it. Sure. So you're better to be above him than below him. So how far back behind the boat do you run that one then? Not too far. I'd say 15, 20 feet, somewhere around there, just to drag it back there. Okay. Do you ever have luck just getting that one to hit that far back or is it more yeah you have more luck on the one from the side of the boat yeah i've uh i've caught some fish on the one on the bobber on the back that's actually i do pretty well there i just started running one a buddy actually taught me about it right off of the side of the boat but sometimes it could be tight on the boat with two guys on there so i don't do it all the time but if you got the room hang one right off the side and maybe get one from a figure eight 
It doesn't want your bait. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one other thing on suckers, what do you do to make them last? Keep an aerator in your cooler and keep that water cool. Don't bring them in the house. Leave them out on the porch or whatever, sitting outside so that water stays cold. Because you bring them in and you get them to that, you know, 65, 70, 75 degree water temp, whatever your house is at. And then you go throw them in 50 degree, 60 degree water. They're going to go into shock and they ain't going to last that long. Yeah. I mean, this we had some issues with suckers yesterday with the water temps being so warm. Not faring well. Yeah. Yeah, we had a few of them die just from that. And usually once that water's cooler, I've had a row use the same sucker four days in a row and he'll be doing just fine Yep. with that water cool as long as you keep them cool outside. And the, the temperature change, too. You can't you can't pull them from 40-degree water like we had probably at the bait shop where we got them yep. to 60-degree water. Yeah. That's a different kind of shot. Yeah, suckers like cold water. They don't want to be warm. Yeah. They don't last nearly as long that way. Yeah, so the, the lesson we learned is when we got to the launch today, we took some of the lake water and actually mixed it in. So it was a yep. little bit, they kind of acclimated in the middle. And then I feel like they did a lot better today. Yeah, they definitely did. We also didn't forget the aerator either. Yeah, so. yeah that, I think that was part of the problem yesterday. But, yeah, it doesn't help when you're pulling them out of cold water right from the bait shop and then just throwing them into 62-degree water temps. Yeah. They don't like that. Yeah, it's kind of I mean, like when you buy a fish at the store. They tell you to put the bag in the water. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Same same thing. Yep. Which is uh, could be an overlooked. You know, yeah. People could overlook that, and it, they're not cheap. I mean, ten to fifteen bucks a sucker. Yeah. I mean, we went through, um, just in case the wives are listening, undisclosed amount of <laughs> money into suckers this weekend. Yeah. Considering nothing bit, we every sucker was a waste. <laughs> <laughs> we do have a couple live that you're going to try to keep going. Yeah, if I can through. keep them alive for a week, I'll take them up when I go up next week and use them up there. Yeah. Um, any other tips for people on fall fishing? Uh, nothing I could think of. Just try and locate the fish and figure out what they're relating to. Right now, they're most likely still going to be shallow for a while with the warmer temps. They'll probably be shallower until about that turnover time, and then it'll more be steeper breaks and things like that. Post turnover. Yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah, that's what I meant. Yep. Um, I thought I had a tip, but it slipped my mind. <laughs> Just not, I mean, not out of the realm of possibilities because this is what, fish 24, 25 hours in the past two days? Something like that. It's been close. Yeah. Pretty much sun up to sun down. Yeah, exactly. Well, I think I might do it. I might pester you. Do you have an okayest fisher moment, Kyle? Because <laughs> we were talking about this earlier. Uh, oh, boy. Which one should I do? We all have plenty of them. Um, probably that smallie I got up here with you actually last year. <laughs> that was a good one. Let's that, hear it. You know, I've been, I used to do a ton of smallie fishing. You know, I always wanted a big one for the wall and never got it. And last year, musky fishing, we were actually doing pretty, we got, what, two fish and we lost one that day. Muskies were doing, we did pretty well on muskies that day. But we were kind of moving from one spot to another, and I had a seven-inch swimming dog on. And you know what, I'll throw over here a little bit <laughs> while we're waiting to get into the next spot and set up how we want to be. And all of a sudden, a fish hits, and, oh, don't don't get the net, don't worry about it. It's a, it's a small one. And all of a sudden, it turns broadside, and... Oh, that's a bit. That's a pretty good size smallie there. <laughs> Maybe you should grab that net. <laughs> and we pull it in, and it was 
21 inches and I think 15 inch girth. Yeah. So biggest small I've ever caught and it was on a seven inch swim bait. And that thing inhaled it. Yeah. There was only about an inch and a half hanging out of its mouth. Yeah. So. So I mean, on a lighter note, good time. Every, it gets a good time of year. Every fish puts feed bags on. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep, for sure. Well, cool. Um, yeah, we'll call that a wrap from Muskie Camp. Um, best of luck to you guys. Greg will be back with us next week. And stay tuned. Keep listening. We appreciate it. Tight lines, guys.